Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. And we are taking that line up a notch today. You would think after the disgrace that was last night's Thursday night football performance by my Jets, and I apologize, America, that you had to sit through that. And they're coming up on a Monday night as well, which can only be just sports perspective as a tragedy. But not spoil my mood today, because I'm talking to an icon. An hour and a half from right now, 1.30 Eastern time, second hour of our show today, Vin Scully live here on ESPN Radio with me. I can't tell you how excited I am about this. He is truly, um, you know, we overuse the word living legend, but he 100% fits that bill. My father grew up listening to Vin Scully doing baseball games and um, can't count the number of generations that have grown up listening to Vin since. So you will hear his um, unmistakable voice on this show coming up a little bit later, and that will make me feel better. And I'm sure it will make a lot of other people feel better because there are so many things going on in the world right now that they're, you know, you miss the voice of someone like Vince Cully. And so we will hear it coming up today together. And I can't tell you how excited I am about that. I am obligated to start with last night's Thursday night football game. And like you, it made me want to throw up. There's really no other way to describe it. The Jets are bad. They're terribly coached and they're cheap shot artists. There's just no other way to describe it. And it is horrendous. Um, the, as someone was just saying to me as, as we were getting set to come on the air, if the Jets aren't going to win that game, what game are they going to win? If you're not going to beat the Broncos on a short week at home with a quarterback who didn't know he was starting until Monday, um, then what game exactly is it you're going to win? So 0-16 feels like a very real possibility. And I'll do a lot more on the Jets in about an hour. Uh, the reality of the situation is that there are just some terrible football teams in the NFL right now, and the Jets are unquestionably one of them. What I find myself wondering is, does changing a coach four games into a season accomplish anything? I can see an argument for and an argument against. Changing a coach in football, you don't need me to tell you this, is not like changing managers in baseball. They change managers during the season in baseball all the time because they feel like they need a different personality. Uh, Because the manager's primary responsibility in baseball is to set a tone and to to create the vibe in the clubhouse that will permeate through everybody. And if you don't have the right one, then you go out and you find someone who might give you one. And you can take a bad team and make them good or at least make them better. In football, it doesn't work that way. There's absolutely nothing, for example, the New York Jets can do this season that is going to change the fact that they're going to be a terrible football team. So does firing the coach help? Well, they're trying to develop a young quarterback in Sam Darnold. And all of you across the country who may not see a lot of him saw last night why Jet fans like me remain hopeful about him. Because he obviously has so much physical ability. But he still makes terrible mistakes. And so much of that can be laid at the feet of the brilliant offensive mind whose job it is to develop him. And so I guess my feeling is If the head coach is doing such a bad job that the team can't beat anybody, that they commit 11 penalties in a game, including multiple dirty late hits, including one on the very last play of the game that had the opposing coach telling his players, run off the field before we have a brawl out here. And oh, by the way, the quarterback is regressing. Then you might as well fire Adam Gase. They're not going to. And candidly, I I really don't at this point even care if they do or they don't. 
because nothing is going to change what happens this year or next. The Jets aren't doing anything of consequence this year, whether they fire Gase or not, and he isn't going to be the coach next year, no matter what happens. So it makes extraordinarily little difference to me. I, I guess I've reached the worst point you can as a fan. I've reached the point of indifference. It doesn't matter to me at this point if the Jets fire their coach or not. I, I, I wouldn't even consider it significant news. And that's my team my whole life. So that's how bad things have gotten. We can talk a lot more this today about teams that can actually play football. We'll look ahead at some of the biggest games on the schedule this weekend, and I will make a few picks for you here, and I will also let you know that I have a bunch of picks that you can catch on the end of my podcast today. So this show and the Get Up show both become podcasts every single day. You can download them wherever it is you get your podcasts. And today there's a bunch of bonus football content, which are my hashtag KOD picks, brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. They come right at the very end, and I pick several of the biggest games on the schedule including what I think is the most interesting game, not just this week, but one of the most interesting games of the season, and that is Patriots-Chiefs. I will go back to this stat over and over and over again. The last team to beat Kansas City in a game that the Chiefs needed to win was New England, AFC Championship game at Arrowhead a year and a half ago. And in that game, in which you will all remember what happens, Brady gets the ball in overtime and Mahomes never does, One of the reasons the Patriots won is that it took the Chiefs a while to get going. And the biggest reason it took them so long to get going was they never had the ball. The New England Patriots ran 94 plays in that AFC Championship game, and the Chiefs ran exactly half that number, 47. So to me, if you're picking a fantasy quarterback this weekend, you're doing it on DraftKings, Cam Newton would be an interesting pick. Because I think we will see Cam Newton running the football as much as he can this week. The Patriots are going to want to run it. Ryan Clark, who's going to join me in a second here. Guys, let me know when RC is ready to go. He said it really well on Get Up this morning. He said in games like this, when you're playing against the great offense, all three areas of your team have to be facing that offense. Not only is your defense playing that offense, but your special teams is playing that offense, and your offense is playing that offense. And I thought that was a really interesting way to put it. And RC is ready to go. And, and Ryan, I want to pick it up there. I was just saying, I really loved the way you put that. I, I, we'll get to the Jets here in a minute, but let's talk about teams that can actually play. So Kansas City and New England, to me, is the most interesting game this weekend. And you were talking about how the entire game plan for all three phases has to be built around stopping Kansas City's offense. Yeah, and, and that, that's the way you have to go into this game playing football. When you have an offense that is this explosive, and let's be honest, you can't even celebrate small wins with this team. You score a touchdown, and you feel like you have to be right back, ready to get back on the field if you're the offense because the Kansas City Chiefs strike so fast. And so for me, it's going to be about your special teams playing field position, making sure that you end every possession in a kick, whether it's a field goal, an extra point, or a punt making sure you down them and give them long fields to drive. If you're in the offense and you run the ball as well as the New England Patriots do, it's sustaining drive, having long periods of time to where the Kansas City Chiefs offense is standing on the sideline. That's the way you win. And defensively, it's going to be about not allowing Patrick Mahomes to get the quick strike, big plays, and making him earn every inch. But this is a team thing when you play against the Kansas City Chiefs. You can't ask Stephon Gilmore – Devin McCourty to go out and just shut this offense down. You can't ask them 
to have Patrick Mahomes be a pedestrian-like quarterback because that's just not who he is week in and week out. So for me, I know Bill Belichick is telling this team, look, we are all focused on keeping this game in, in a grind-out, slow-moving, slow-paced game that we have an opportunity to make plays at the end of the game and win. And a lot of times that's the best you can hope for in playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Absolutely. And, and, and we'll see what they're able to do. It feels like a good week for Cam. It feels like a, a week where Cam, we've seen him throw it. We've seen him run it. This feels like a week where maybe we will see him running it a lot. RC, I was just talking about the Jets because I have to. Um, and, and I wonder, I, I know so much about your career, but I don't know this. Were you ever on a team where the coach got fired during the season? No, I, I was. Oh, I, I'm lying to you. Actually, uh, I want to say, nope, I can't remember. Did, did, Jim, did, did Jim Fossil get fired during the season? I'm trying to say no. he, he may have fit. <laughs> they told him he was season. going to be what what the Giants did. If, if you're thinking of that year, that the Giants yes. basically ownership went to him and told him that they were going to fire him at the end of the season. He appreciated that. He did coach out the rest of the year. It alleviated some of the criticism. Yeah, and so and so see, and, and I think that's kind of the only position I've been in like that, where you knew you had a lame duck coach, but that coach wasn't fired up during the season, and so. Now when you look at the position that, that, that the Jets are in, I, I just don't know. And I was, I, was, I was on my call for NFL Live uh, before we started talking, and they asked me about Gates and asked me about his relationship. This has been one of the harder things I've had to analyze or critique because I actually like Adam Gates. You know, a- Adam Gates was a huge part of my young development at LSU when he was a GA under Nick Saban, but you have to call it like it is. He's not doing a good enough job. Uh, think about what – if you want to say the New York Jets are undermanned, which they are, you know, uh, C.J. Mosley opts out, you trade Jamal Adams, that's part of, you know, Joe Douglas's plan. You don't necessarily – you don't have a number one wide receiver. Le'Veon Bell is down. And so you say, you know what, this team just doesn't have the people to win. But then you look at the San Francisco 49ers, who are down a quarterback down a tight end, lose their second tight end early in the game. Richard Sherman is hurt, Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa. The list goes on and on, but you watch that team play. They're disciplined. Uh, they're, they're organized. They, they understand how to hustle, how to work, how to finish. They understand how to play mistake-free football. And you see that, and you say, you know what? At least from the top, you see the coaching. You see, you, you, you see making sure that you're on the point of being a good football team. It's what the New York Jets aren't. There, there's too many penalties. There's missed, missed block assignments. And so when you have these things, it says, okay, this can't just be about the development of Sam Donald. This has to be about the development of our entire roster because that's the only way that we can eventually get to a point to win and that we can evaluate the people we have on the team as it's constructed. And you weren't able to do those things because it's such a mess there. And so for me, let's try to get someone else in there who can at least do those things so we can evaluate the players that we have now. Greeny with you, um, presented by Progressive Insurance. The great Ryan Clark is with me on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. All right, let's go around a couple other places. Um, the Packers wide receivers. Aaron Rodgers is having a sensational season, and we were all so critical of the organization for a number of reasons, uh, but all of them eventually added up to that team felt close, and they didn't get any receivers to help. Well, he has started fast, but now they're down um, Alan Lazard, who he made into a star, and they may be without Devontae Adams again this week. 
Do you think Rodgers can keep it going against what is a bad Atlanta defense if those two guys don't play? Um, I do. I do think he can keep it going. I don't necessarily know if it's as explosive as we've seen it because now you you have to call plays differently if you're Matt LaFleur. Obviously, Alan Lazar was a guy who was able to get down the field. We've also seen Valdez Scantling do those things, you know, this year as well, even though he's had some drops. And so now this game becomes focused on Aaron Jones. You start to use your tight ends a little more, but this is almost a, you know, a Christian McCaffrey under the, the North Turner type uh, offensive coordinating regime where everything runs through Aaron Jones, everything runs through Aaron Rodgers. And now you have to ask your defense, which, you know, gave up some yardage last week, didn't really give up the big play, uh, other, you know, through the air, it was missed tackles on Elvin Kamara to stop an offense that can score points. Calvin Ridley is going to be a pro bowler this year. Uh, you look at what they can do up front with all number one draft picks protecting Matt Ryan. This is a very difficult team to stop, but you're going to need Preston Smith, Darius Smith, to get pressure on Matt Ryan to stop the run and then find ways for Kevin King and Jair Alexander to match up on this very good receiving core from the Atlanta Falcons. I think they win the game. They just have to do it a different way offensively because I don't think they'll be able to, to produce the explosive plays down the field as often as we've seen through week three. Ryan Clark with me on ESPN Radio. RC, I want to talk about the Cowboys. We talk about them so much on our show in the morning, and Ryan is, is with me now regularly through the football season, and it's such a pleasure. And, and so you know we talk a lot about Dak Prescott and a lot about the Cowboys, and we never talk about their defense. And then the season starts. And now you have to talk about their defense because they're so bad. And so I would ask you the question, the Cowboys clearly have enough offense to be a, a real player in the NFC. Can their defense get to a place that it is at least good enough that they can do something of consequence as the season goes on? I think so. I think, I think it depends on what you think is something of consequence. It's something of well, consequence. They're going to win the division because the division is so bad. So I asked the question badly. They could win that division at 6-10. and 10. I guess what I mean right, is, right. could they beat the really good teams with that defense? I mean, you know, I, you know, I don't know the status of the injury report, but can you get Kyle Vander Esch back? Uh, can Demarcus Lawrence begin to play uh, to, to the level that his contract suggests that he should be? Uh, the, the how what, what is the Wouzier like when, when, when he comes back? Uh, can Trevon Diggs continue to progress? And I think that these answers could be yes, but that still doesn't make this a playoff defense. That still doesn't make this a championship defense. And so whereas I believe they they will win the NFC East just because this offense is so, is so explosive, they're playing so well, I don't think this team is built to make a deep playoff run. When you look at having to play the, the, the Seattle Seahawks, having to play the the Green Bay Packers or, or the Rams, uh, who they already played this season. And you think about playing against teams who can actually stop people and score, the Cowboys don't fit into this. And I don't know if this season, this defense ever gets to that point. All right, one more. I was delighted that you liked my idea this morning. For those of you who are with us on Get Up, <laughs> um, and I, t- I actually started talking about this yesterday here. I've never been in favor of expanding the college football playoff, Ryan. I've always felt like the best thing about college football is that every game is so important. The playoffs in college football start in August, and I would be worried about losing that if you expanded the playoff. But I'm not crazy. I recognize that it might be a good idea, and 2020 gave them a freebie. 
It gave them a free shot to try it, see how they like it, see what the unintended consequences of it are. And then if they decide they don't like it, they have a free chance to just undo it and go back to the way they did. I was surprised they didn't take that opportunity to try it. What did you think? I think I think the exact same way. You know, you, you look at what they had an opportunity to do in a year that obviously none of us were prepared for. But now knowing that things can be changed, things can be moved around, when you look at the Major League Baseball and you look at the NBA and what they've decided to do with their bubble situation, even the NHL, everyone's went away from the norm. And so if you're college football, you can say, you know what, this conference only plays eight games. This conference only is playing 10 games. This conference only playing seven games. We have some non-Power 5 schools who could be undefeated and playing well. Then give us the feel of what we're used to getting just through the, the normal college football season, but in a playoff form where we get to see a Pac-12 school maybe play a non-Power 5 school or the big dog in the SEC, you know, play Notre Dame. Just, just so we could see it happen week by week and play out for us in three or four weeks. And if you hate it, like if you just absolutely hate it and want to scrap it, guess what? You get to. Just like we want to scrap every damn thing else from 2020. <laughs> and so and so for me, I think they really missed out on the opportunity to bring more excitement to college football this year because I think so much of college football now is riddled with whether or not we're going to have enough COVID-free players to play play the game. To, to give them an opportunity to say, man, we're going to give you something to watch. A March Madness-style finish to the football season would have been amazing. I agree. Look, this is a year you can do anything in sports. Baseball is playing seven-inning doubleheaders, and they're starting the 10th inning with a runner on second base. If they can do that, if baseball that is more beholden to tradition than any other sport can do that, then college football could have done anything. RC, have a great weekend, my friend. Thank you. I'll see you Monday. My man, have a great one. All right, that's the great Ryan Clark with me here, Greeny with you. Uh, and I invite you to become a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. My number is 888-SAY-ESPN. We're going to do the calls towards the end of this hour. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It is official. College football is back. And so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Again, Vin Scully will join me live. The legend, Vin Scully, a little bit later, that was Ryan Clark with the Breaking Moves. Breaking Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. Meanwhile, with Vince Scully on the brain, we can think about the Dodgers. And I will just take a moment to say of all the things that have happened in the baseball playoffs so far, the one that made me feel the best was seeing Kershaw pitch like that yesterday. Clayton Kershaw, you know his history. He's one of the greatest pitchers that ever lived, ever. And in the postseason, it's just gone the other way. And that is going to be a part of his legacy almost no matter what happens from this point forward. I suppose if he pitches this team to a championship here and maybe another, it erases all the previous struggles. But the reality is you know what's in his head and you know what's in his heart because he's a guy with a lot of heart. And he's, he's again, one of the all-time greats. So for him to have that night last night, did you see how it ended? He threw 13 strikeouts last night which ties Koufax for the most in a postseason game in Dodger history. But he's pitching into the eighth inning, and he gives up a walk. And you can see they're moving around in the bullpen, excuse me, in the dugout, like they're going to go to the bullpen. And Kershaw looks over, he says, leave me out here. And he picks the runner off, 
and then strikes out, a, strikes out the last batter to finish the inning. And that's how we ended his night last night. The perfect punctuation. That's a great performance by Kershaw, one of the genuine greats in the game. Good to see him getting that night last night, and we'll see where it goes from here. A lot of big baseball. i got two more games today. Wrap these things up, these best of threes. We'll see where that winds up taking us. NBA Finals Game 2, obviously, tonight. All the football were jam-packed, and Vin Scully live with me today. So we are extremely busy. But coming up next, my favorite NBA comment of the day did not come from Kyrie Irving, but it was about him. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. All right, we have the very latest on that. Before I get to the NBA, let me give you the straight talk on the NFL rescheduling. It's brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And you just heard Christine Lisi with a brief description of what it is. Let me fill in exactly where everything goes. The game between the Steelers and Titans that was going to be played this weekend has been moved back. Both those teams now have their bye week, week four. The way this goes now is the Steelers and Titans will now play their game on week seven, which, as Christine said, is October 25th. The Steelers and Ravens, who were supposed to play that week, will now move from week seven to week eight. The Steelers and Titans now have this as their bye, and the Ravens, who originally had a bye week eight, will now be that have their bye week seven. That's where all this comes up now. Again, Shefty reporting there were two more positives in the Titans camp today. So we just hope that this doesn't influence next week's game when they play Buffalo. One way or another, as I've been telling you here for days, don't look at whether this is fair or not to the Steelers because their bye is early or that now that the Ravens get a bye week before they play them. None of that matters. Fair is not the priority. Just getting through the season is the priority. And as fans, we all have to be prepared to deal with that. And that is the straight talk, straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Okay, a game two of the NBA finals tonight and and a series that a lot of us think is sort of hanging on a thread. If Bam Adebayo, who is doubtful, can't play tonight, then just forget it. Just give LeBron the crown right now. But that wasn't where most of the basketball conversation came from yesterday. Most of it came in reaction to comments from Kyrie Irving, who was a guest with Kevin Durant on KD's podcast. In case you haven't heard it, I will play it for you here. This was what Kyrie said. I've always been comfortable with this. You know, I felt like I was the best option on every team I played for, you know, down the stretch. This is the first time in my career where I could look down and be like, that 
can make that shot too. <laughs> Not that I didn't say I didn't have the trust in my teammates, but I felt like I was option. And now, 10 seconds down, go ahead, Kay. Get us a bucket. I don't care. So isn't that interesting? So there was no really, no way to interpret that other than, at minimum, a slight of LeBron. And Kyrie did, when he saw all the reaction, he posted a, a, a new video on Twitter in which he said it wasn't about LeBron and don't, don't fall for the misinformation and all of that. And I, here's what I will do. I'll meet Kyrie halfway. I believe that he did not intend that to be a shot at LeBron. He didn't think to himself, I'm going to take a shot at LeBron James here. But I do believe that if that's the way he thinks, that is slighting LeBron. I mean, the facts are the facts. Kyrie Irving's career, while he is a brilliant player, when he has not had LeBron on his team, has been a disaster. He was on terrible Cavs teams at the beginning. They didn't win anything. Then LeBron got there. Then they started winning like crazy. Then he went to Boston, and they had by far their worst year in this recent time. It is, it is, and, and it, it's an indisputable fact that the Celtics have been better for not having Kyrie Irving on their team. And that's quite a damning thing to say about a player who is as talented as he is. So I don't know what's going to happen with him and Kevin together next year in Brooklyn. And I hope it's great because it would be fun and we could really use a superpower kind of team in the Eastern Conference. But the simple reality is for him to slight LeBron James when LeBron James is responsible for by far the best things that have happened to him in his career, even if he didn't mean it that way, I think leaves you with a bad taste. Meanwhile, when I told you that my favorite comment of the day did not come from Kyrie but came about him, came from LeBron, who I think was a little more calculating when he was asked a question about the success he's now having with Anthony Davis. Listen to what LeBron attributes that success to. We're not jealous of each other. I think that's the, the best thing. In professional sports, you have guys that join forces, two, you know, you call them alpha males. That's what they call them. Two guys that's been dominant in a spe specific sport on their own respective teams. And they get together and they talk about, okay, how dominant they can be. And they talk about this is going to be this and that. Um, I believe jealousy creeps in a lot. And uh, that is the absolute contrary of what we are. We know who we are. We know what we're about. And we want the best. Seriously, every single day, both on and off the floor for one another. We're just not, we're not jealous of one another. And I think that you align that with respect. I don't think, um, I think the sky's the limit. Oh, that's so well played. Oh, that's so well played by LeBron. So that was my favorite thing that anybody said. And let's take the Kyrie piece out of it. I think that's a fascinating psychological thing for LeBron to say. Because these two guys came together at exactly the right time for them both. Anthony Davis came to recognize that he couldn't do it by himself in New Orleans. He needed someone like LeBron. He's willing to give. LeBron James recognizing after a tough first year in L.A., I need someone out here, especially after smashing my head against the wall that was the Warriors for all those years. Get me someone in here. And you know what? I'm 35 years old and headed to the other side of my prime. Let me bring someone else in here who can start to carry me a little bit. Perfect timing for him. So these two guys really do, not only do I think that they're, but look, LeBron James has been the most unselfish immortal in basketball history throughout his career. But I think they also come together at exactly the right time. So that to me is perfect. And I loved everything about what he said. And I think it is true. And it is why I believe they are on the beginning, the verge here of a little mini dynasty 
I call it mini because LeBron is just too old, I think, for this to be a dynasty that lasts six or seven years. Six years from now, LeBron's going to be 41 years old. But I think that the Lakers not only win the championship this year, but I think they are a significant favorite to do it again next year and the year after that. See what happens in tonight's NBA Finals Game 2. It's right here on ESPN Radio for you. Coverage starts 8.30 Eastern. And, uh, and of course, the game is on ABC TV tonight as well, starting at 9 Eastern. Jalen Rose, actually, when I talked with him about this whole situation on Get Up this morning, said his prediction, his Rose-Stradamus prediction, is that next year's finals are the Lakers and the Nets. And I will sign up for that right now. Give me that right now. KD and Kyrie on one side, LeBron and AD on the other. I think that would be phenomenal. I would favor the Lakers. We'll obviously have to see who each side has by the time we get there. There's a lot to happen between now and then. As far as this series, I think it's mostly bad luck. I think this would have been a good series. I believe the Lakers would have won no matter what. But I think the Heat would have given them a much tougher time than they did in game one. But the injuries, I think, are insurmountable. Dragic, I I can't imagine he's going to play. And if Adebayo is significantly diminished, unfortunately, I think this thing winds up being quick work and not the greatest series that we've seen in a while. We'll see. We'll see what happens in the game tonight. Meanwhile, I'm opening up the phones to you right now. Give me a call. I want to hear from you at 888-SAY-ESPN. Jump in with me on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. And today's theme is I need an upset. Give me an upset for Sunday in the NFL. Give me a team that is an underdog that you believe is not going to cover but is going to win straight up and convince me of why. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yes, it is. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. And in the next hour, 45 minutes from right now, I think the greatest announcer in the history of sports, I, I don't even think that's, I don't think you have too much argument, Vin Scully. Well, join me live. I couldn't be more thrilled. I hope you'll be with me. In the meantime, right now, it's you who uh, takes up the, the, uh, the phones here. As I want to hear from you, your upset. Give me an upset from the National Football League this Sunday that you believe is going to win. I'm not an underdog that's going to win straight up and convince me that you're right. Seth, you're first up with Greeny. Give me a dog on Sunday that's going to win. What's going on, Greeny? I got Vegas over Buffalo. It's a small spread. I think Buffalo's offense, or not Buffalo's offense, Vegas's offense completely out-dominated New Orleans last week, and they're just loose. I like it. The Bills are a three-point favorite on the road. Buffalo has been red hot. Allen is the only quarterback in the sport who's thrown for 300 yards in every game. 
Three-point road favorite. Vegas got taken apart by New England last week. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what to read into their win over New Orleans the week before. I like that one. To be, I don't love it, to be honest with you, Seth. I don't love it. TJ, give me one I can love. TJ, you're on ESPN Radio. Give me an underdog that's going to win Sunday. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Greeny. We got uh, Miami beating Seattle this weekend. Uh, Seattle's defense has been giving up about 430 yards uh, with Jamal Adams hurt. I don't see them uh, standing a chance against Fitzmagic. Bingo. Okay, standing a chance might be taking it a bit far, TJ, but I'm with you on this one. I like this. This is a long flight for Seattle and an early game on Sunday against a well-rested team, an extra-rested team. Dolphins haven't played since a week ago Thursday. Seattle played a long, late-afternoon game against Dallas that, that was one of, Yeah, we saw the game. You know what I'm talking about. The DK Metcalf catch at the end and everything else. Crazy, long, emotional game. No Jamal Adams on a defense that's terrible anyway. And it's going to be 90 degrees in Miami. I, I believe the forecast is 87 is the temperature in Miami on Sunday. A lot of things there adding up to Dolphins. I like that one a lot. Miami minus uh, plus six and a half is what I'm looking at here. I like that pick, TJ. That's the one I had my eye on. Tim, you're next on ESPN Radio. Give me an upset on Sunday, Tim, that uh, the underdog is going to flat out win the game. I believe New England is going to beat Kansas City. And I believe the reason why is because Belichick is probably one of the best defensive mind coaches there's ever been. And I think he'll come up with a scheme and game in the running game. They'll control the clock. And I think they're going to pull off a huge upset. I love it. It's not a huge upset. Give, give me give me a – where's the number in that? Are, are you looking at Kansas City's a seven-point favorite? So you're right. That's a bigger spread than I thought. I apologize. You're right. That does qualify as a huge upset. Do you think this is a game that they score in the 20s or they score in the 30s? I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think Belichick's going to keep this as a possession-type ball game, and he's going to really run the ball, and he's going to play defense. And I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. They're going to keep Kansas City out of their element. Yeah, again, 24 to 27 points is low-scoring for KC standards. I like that pick a lot. I like it a lot. And I'll tell you, Kansas City is a team that we're now talking about as though they're unbeatable and unstoppable. The week before this Baltimore game, they were in overtime, with a rookie quarterback and the Chargers. That absolutely could have gone the other direction on them there. In fact, I was critical of Anthony Lynn for punting the ball back to Mahomes in the overtime. I don't think he should have. And if he didn't, who knows what happens. So I like that pick. I like that a lot. Who's next on the Dr. Pepper call-in line is James. James, give me an underdog that's going to flat-out win Sunday. Greeny, I got the Browns over the Dallas Cowboys. Tell me why. I just I look at the Dallas offense and it's just it's so it's been so inconsistent all season long. We saw them you know put up well, I don't care how many points against Seattle, but they just don't look right to me. Well, I tell you, if your problem with the really, Cowboys, they really don't. Yeah, if, if your problem, thank you very much for the call. If your problem with the Cowboys is their offense, wait till you see their defense. <laughs> they flat out stink. The offense is okay. They scored 17 points against the Rams week one. I forget what they wound up scoring against Atlanta to win that game, but they have to come from all the way behind, and they get the crazy moment on the onside kick. And then last week, they get into that shootout with Russell and Seattle, which was, to me, I think the most entertaining game of the NFL season so far. The number in that game is Dallas minus four and a half. 
Let me ask hashtag Bubba how he's feeling. Hashtag Bubba, huge Cowboy fan. How confident are you? And how about them Cowboys Sunday against Cleveland? Yeah, what the, that guy said the Browns are going to win. That was his lock. Okay. Yes. Yeah, uh, good one. Um, you're, not, you're, not, you're not feeling it. No, I'll give you a lock. Cowboys are going to dominate. Dak is going to dominate. And CeeDee Lamb will have three touchdowns. Next question. Okay, fair enough. I like it, Bubba. I, li- I like the confidence from a hashtag, Bubba, there. I'll tell you what, and thank you for all the calls. Uh, there was something on this game I wanted to get to earlier that I didn't get to, so I will now. And I touched on this yesterday a little bit, but I've been thinking more and more about it. This is a game that will be decided by Cleveland's running game, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt against the Dallas defense, and Dak Prescott and all those receivers, and Zeke, against the Cleveland defense. And nowhere in there is the name Odell Beckham Jr. mentioned. But I'll just say this again, and this is inclusive of Ezekiel Elliott. Odell Beckham Jr. is supposed to be the best player on that field. There are 106 players suited up for an NFL game. The best of them is supposed to be Odell. If you want to argue with me, I'm not even going to get into his fight with you. If you want to tell me that you believe it's Zeke, then fine. Odell is second. He shouldn't be any further down than that. But I will repeat myself. DeAndre Hopkins averages 11 catches a game for Arizona. And Odell has 11 catches this season for Cleveland. And I know why. They want to run the ball and they don't trust their quarterback. You don't want Baker Mayfield throwing the ball 35 times and neither do I. And you've got Nick Chubb to hand it to on one side and Kareem Hunt on the other. They're doing the right stuff. And I had the guys on Get Up this morning telling me, well, Odell's presence is part of the reason they're able to run the ball so well. Well, that's all well and good. But if there's one thing I know about wide receivers, that's not going to be okay with him forever. They better keep winning. So long as they're winning and he's catching three passes a game, things won't get terrible. But they better keep winning. Because once they start losing, that's a situation worth keeping an eye on. The great Vin Scully joins me in the next hour. I've never looked forward to anything more. Stay with me on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.